This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. When I was a little kid and a Yom Kippur fast all day um, in the temple all day long, and you couldn't drink any water. They had a plastic thing over the water fountain. It was very disturbing. Anyway, so I went in there and used the bathroom, and you know, and then I, I wasn't going to wash my hands. So I was just going to get out of there, you know. So I was walking out of the men's room there, and this this old man came and he put his hands on hand on my shoulder, and I was so afraid, you know, the old bony hand, you know, my shoulder. I was looking at that, and I thought I was going to turn around and see the face of God or something. It looked like an old. Anyway, he says. Jews always wash their hands. <laughs> Said, I always wonder what a Jew was. Okay, he washes his hands. Anyway, so the Lord here has exposed how their tradition of washing their hands before they eat had nothing to do with sin. That's what he exposed. And they hated to have their traditions exposed for the absurdity and baselessness of it. So again, he exposed that their hand-washing tradition and their imposing of their hand-washing tradition was like the blind leading the blind. And then he went on to explain that all men were sinners because of their sinful heart that generates sinful thoughts. And when the Pharisees heard them call them sinners because of their sinful thoughts, they were offended. They were offended. That offended the Pharisees. And whereas the Lord was sensitive to not offend anyone over not paying a temple tax, when the Lord said in verse 27, chapter 17, verse 27, he said, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them, both out of the sea. When it came to whether or not to offend the Pharisees over this baseless sin of hand washing before you eat, the Lord, he said in Matthew 15, 8, Matthew 15, 8, this people draweth near it nigh unto me with their mouth, but honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Then when it came to that offense, the Lord said in Matthew 15, 14, Matthew 15, 14, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into a ditch. In other words, for us to tell the lost 
Romans 3.23, Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That is offensive, and God said, let it be offensive. To tell a person, Ecclesiastes 7.20, Ecclesiastes 7.20, there's not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. That is offensive, and God says, let it be offensive. We all would rather hear about how righteous we are rather than how sinful we are. Like yesterday, I was talking to a lost person and he told me that he didn't need God because he was happy in life. And when I told him about judgment of sin after death and hell as an eternal punishment for sin, he was offended and he said, you are trying to make me worry. That's what he said, you know. <laughs> and I told him, yes, I am. I'm trying to make you worry because the only reason that a person is going to change from not needing God to needing God is if he's worried because worried people come to Christ and non-worried people don't need God. And so the Lord Jesus said that when a person is offended because he told he is a sinner, that offense should not be taken away because for a person to be told he's a sinner is an offense which will drive him to worry, which will drive that person to Christ, hopefully. Okay, now the Lord solves this dilemma that Peter has committed uh, to paying the tax and um, he, without knowing whether Christ would have committed himself. But okay, so there's a dilemma now. There, where's the money? You know, you gotta pay the money. So he says in verse 27, go thou to the sea and cast in hook and take up the fish that first cometh up. So the Lord tells Peter, go to the sea with a hook, obviously a line and a hook. Now, that's not the normal way of fishing, of catching fish. The, the normal way, you see, in the New Testament is to use nets, not hooks. As a matter of fact, this is the only time in the New Testament where a fish is caught with a hook. We catch fish with hooks, but they didn't do that then. And the Lord told Peter that the first fish that he catches with this foreign method of the hook is going to have the money in his mouth. So Peter didn't have to catch a lot of fish, you know, and, and start prying open a lot of mouths of the fish. Now, where is that money enough? He says, don't worry about it, Peter. The first fish you get is the only one you're going to have to pry his mouth open, you know. And when we see the Lord telling Peter to go to the sea to get the money, it shows that, first of all, Jesus didn't have the money. He didn't have the money to give Peter. I mean, that's kind of amazing. You know, here's the great creator not having less than a dollar, the gift to Peter for the tribute tax. And when we see him in that state, it shows, it emphasizes how poor Christ made himself. 2 Corinthians 8, 9, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. He didn't have less than a dollar that you through his poverty might be rich. Okay, now, he tells us go down there and does that. And this raises a lot of questions. How exactly did that coin get into that mouth of that fish? Maybe the Lord created the coin, placed it in the mouth of the fish. That would have been a miracle. Or maybe that coin was just dropped by some fisherman and that fish saw that shiny coin and bit it without swallowing it. But a fish with a coin in his mouth, you know, fish's mouths are not that big, you know. So a fish with a coin in his mouth would not bite a hook. So, I mean, you know, the fact he bit the hook, that's a miracle. Any case, it shows that even the fish in the sea are under his command. And he commands this fish. You can picture this, you know, internally Christ is saying, fish, I command you to put that coin in your mouth and hold it in your mouth and don't swallow it. And then he says, fish, 
I command you to swim with that coin in your mouth over to that man with that fishing line and that hook in his hand. And he says, fish, I command you to open your mouth without dropping that coin and bite that hook. Well, that's a trick. And then fish, I command you to keep that coin in your mouth and keep that hook in your mouth and allow yourself to be pulled in by that man. And then fish, I command you that when that man has pulled you in his head, that he's going to pry open your mouth and then you die. And without one word of protest, the fish says, okay, yes, Lord. <laughs> and for all those commandments of Christ, the fish does exactly what Christ tells him to do. And when the fish did that, the fish brought glory to Jesus Christ. He brought glory to him. And that fish did what, I mean, what that fish did was what God wanted Israel to do. You can almost hear God saying, can you be like the fish? Deuteronomy 28.1, the fish did this. Deuteronomy 28.1, it shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. The fish did it. The fish did, Deuteronomy 28.1. He hearkened diligently unto the voice of the Lord to observe to do all his commandments. There was a piece of money in his mouth. And the Greek word used here is a double-double drachma. It's, it's a piece of money that's called a stator in, 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 uh, in, uh, in Greek. And it's the same as a shekel, one shekel. Remember the temple tax in Exodus 30.13, Exodus 30.13, this they shall give everyone that passeth among them that are numbered half a shekel after the shekel of sanctuary. So the coin, the shekel that was in the fish's mouth was enough to pay the tax for two people. Peter and the Lord. And only that amount was required to pay both the tribute monies for both Peter and the Lord. It was in the mouth of the fish. Not any less, not any more, just what was needed, that's what was there. Now you might have thought that the Lord might have wanted to give Peter maybe a little bit more than that, you know, a little money tucked away for those unexpected, you know, expenses that come up, but that wasn't the case. The fish had in his mouth just the right amount for the tax for two people, small as it was. And Christ had just the right amount in the fish's mouth to meet the needs at that moment because God really does want us to live from hand to mouth. God's hand to our mouth is to develop the principle, which is trying to teach us, of Matthew 6.34, Matthew 6.34. Take therefore no thought for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And just like Israel was only to be concerned about gathering enough manna for what they needed for that day and don't worry about the next day, whether it's going to come or not. In Exodus 16, 15, Exodus 16, 15, when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, it's manna, for they wist not what it was. Manna means what is it? So they said, that's what is it? And Moses said unto them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Gather it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man from them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so and gathered some more, some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over. He that gathered little had no lack because they shared it among themselves. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, let no man leave of it till the morning, till the next morning. Notwithstanding, they hearkened not unto Moses. 
But some of them left of it until the morning, and it bred worms and stank. Imagine that. What is that? And Moses was wroth with them, and they gathered it every morning, every man according to his eating, and when the sun waxed hot, it melted. So God gives us what we need. Sometimes God gives us more money than we need or that we can see we have need for. That puts us on the alert. What's that money for? A need is coming. What's that money for? But we want to stock. We want to store for the future. And God says, no, the life that wins is the life that's constantly looking to God every day. And just imagine Peter now. Just imagine Peter. Is he putting that that hook and that line in the water? Uh, you can take it from me. You don't always catch a fish you know, when you go fishing. I'm becoming an expert at that. <laughs> that's why it's called fishing. That's why it's not called catching. So just imagine Peter's excitement when he actually feels the pull on the line. I got one, you know, and, and he realizes that he really had a fish on the line. That's an exciting feeling. And can't you just feel the excitement of Peter as he pulls in that fish and his heart is racing and he opens the mouth of the fish and he says, what a thrill, what a rush. That money was there. That's a picture of the excitement in the life of faith. That's the excitement of the life of faith. Imagine the thrill and the rush of that life of faith when the door of the ark that Noah was working on for over 100 years and the door is shut and his family float over a dying earth. What a thrill, what a rush. Imagine the thrill and the rush in that life of faith when Israel walked all the way through the Red Sea on dry land. And in the middle there, they look up on this side and they look up to this, they say, walls of water just held back. Imagine the thrill and the rush of the life of faith when Israel walked around Jericho's walls every day till the seventh day when those walls fell down without a finger of man touching that wall. And Peter needed this tribute money. He needed it today. And there was an exciting adventure for him getting that money out of the mouth of the fish. It was just enough money in the mouth of the fish for today's needs, not anymore than the next time. And why was there not more for next time? Because God was saying, I don't want to take away the thrill and the rush of the future adventures in your life of faith. I'm just trying to keep your life from becoming boring. <laughs> you know, so the same thing every time. Very exciting. And the course that that money took is very interesting from the mouth of the fish to the hand of Peter. It's interesting to think how that money got into the sea. Maybe another fisherman dropped it. We don't know. And um, maybe there's not any other piece of money in the whole lake. We don't know. And it's interesting to think about the course of Elijah's food. In 1 Kings uh, 17, 4, 1 Kings 17, 4, it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. 1 Kings 17, 6, 1 Kings 17, 6. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh every, in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. He didn't get lunch. He got money, but at least he got breakfast and dinner. So Elijah was not living from hand to mouth. Elijah was living from mouth to hand because of that fish. There was the mouth of the crows that were bringing the, to the hand of Elijah his food. And Peter got the money from the mouth to hand as well. And this one word in verse 27 where God says, take, where Christ said, take. And when Peter took that money out of the fish's mouth, Peter was humbled. It's greatly humiliating. I mean, after all, the Lord could have said to Peter, Peter, I've commissioned a great archangel and he's going to come to earth 
is going to meet you with a bag of money, and that's you'll have a little extra money for expenses. But Peter was told, put a line in the hook in the water, and then Peter is to take the fish and bit the hook, and then Peter is to hold that slimy fish in his hand and open that fish's mouth and take that piece of money that's dripping with the fish's saliva on it. That's a little gross. <laughs> and it, it's not exactly the same as being handed a nice, clean, shiny piece of money from the hand of an archangel. But by that whole experience with the fish in the mouth, Christ is teaching Peter what it means to receive the gifts of God with humility. And with that whole method of dropping the fishing line with a hook in the water and waiting patiently and waiting expectantly for that promised fish, Christ is teaching Peter what it means to obey Christ by faith. When you can't understand and you can't see it, I mean, Peter, he passed the test. Peter passed the test of faith here. But Peter was kind of like that fish who was obeying Christ and what he was commanded to do. And when Peter was told, go down to the lake, go down to the sea, catch that fish with the coin in his mouth, the first fish, Peter is really a picture of, of what God wanted Israel to be, as we said in, in Deuteronomy 28.1, Deuteronomy 28.1, it should come to pass that thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth. But God, always in faith, always in faith, God requires action. He requires action. By faith, Peter went down to the lake to catch that fish. And that's how Peter got the tribute money by faith, just like it was not enough for Abel to just believe that God would forgive sins with a blood sacrifice. Abram had to show his faith by offering a blood sacrifice, Hebrews 11.4, Hebrews 11.4. By faith, Abel offered, that's a word, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his works, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. It was not enough for Noah just to believe that God was going to destroy sinful people and save Noah. Noah had to show his faith by obeying God who commanded him, build that ark. And God used that ark to save him and his family. But he had to build his own salvation ark, Hebrews 11.7, Hebrews 11.7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. It was not enough for Abraham to just believe that God was going to bless him and give him inheritance. Abraham had to show his faith by obeying God who commanded him to leave your home, leave your country, leave your family, go to a place you don't know where it is. I'll show you. Hebrews 11.8, Hebrews 11.8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed and he went out not knowing whither he went. It wasn't enough for Abraham just to believe that God was going to build a great nation out of his son, Isaac, Abraham had to show his faith by obeying God who commanded Abraham to kill him. Sacrifice Isaac, Hebrews eleven seventeen. Hebrews eleven seventeen. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead from whence he received him in a figure. It wasn't enough for Joseph to just believe that God was going to extract, take out the Jewish people from Egypt, from their comfortable lives in Egypt. Joseph had to show his faith when he was dying and he gave the commandment 
to his Jewish people, you keep my bones by you and you keep them ready to take out and you take them out, Hebrews 11.22, Hebrews 11.22. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. It wasn't enough for the Jewish people just to believe that God was gonna keep them safe when they left Egypt. They had to show their faith by walking on that dry land into that Red Sea, Hebrews 11.29. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians, the saying to do, were drowned. It wasn't enough for the Jewish people just to believe that God was going to conquer that strong-walled city of Jericho. They had to show their faith by walking around it seven times, seven days, Hebrews 11.30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they compassed it about seven days. See, all these people by faith had to show their faith by something they did, and the same is true of us. It's not enough for us just to believe God calls us also to do something. And the same was true of Peter. It wasn't enough for Peter just to believe that, that Jesus was going to provide the tribute money. He had to show his faith by going down to the lake, fishing for that fish, and had the money in his mouth. I mean, just imagine how that looked. I mean, just imagine Peter. He's on the way to the, the sea, the shore, with a fishing line hook in his hand. He's met by some friends, and they ask him, Peter, where are you going? And Peter says, I'm going down to the lake to fish. And his friends say, I thought you gave up fishing. Follow Jesus. Peter says, well, we need some tribute money. His friend says, oh, oh, so you're going to go catch a fish so you can sell to get the tribute money. Peter says, no, no, not really. I'm not planning on selling the fish. And his friends press him on and say, well, if you're not going to catch fish to sell them, how are you going to get the tribute money? Peter says, I'm going to catch one fish, the first fish, and that fish is going to have the tribute money in his mouth. <laughs> his friends say, Peter, you ever seen a fish with money in his mouth? Peter says, no. No, I've never seen a fish with money in his mouth. His friends are, at this point, the friends are saying, Peter, I don't think you should go to Lake. I think you need to go to the psychiatrist over here. I think, you know. And so his friends ask him, well, what makes you so sure that you're going to catch a fish with that hook? You never fish with hook. And the first fish, you're going to have money in his mouth. Peter says, that's right. Because Jesus told me the first fish I was going to catch is going to have just the right amount of the tribute money in his mouth, and I'm going on the lake. See, that's action. And with all these people of faith, it was that they showed their faith, and that's why faith is defined in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 is faith is the evidence of things not seen. Walking around Jericho seven days or leaving your home and country and family or sacrificing your promised son are all evidences of belief. Hebrews 11.1, 1. faith is the evidence of things not seen. So what we've seen in this wonderful history here is it all started out so tense when Peter was challenged over the reputation of his master, the Lord Jesus Christ, whether he paid the tribute money or not, the temple tribute money or not, and how Peter jumped in to protect the reputation of Christ. He spoke too soon. And how it all turned so wonderful as Christ showed not only his knowledge was limitless in how he knew all about the conversation between Peter and the challengers, the collectors of the tribute money, but also Christ showed his power was limitless to cause this fish to find that particular piece of money and balance, do the balancing act of holding that in his mouth as he swims over to the hook and takes the hook and you know, delivers the money safely into Peter's hand. And all this was done, all this was done in a, just a little private one-on-one -on -one teaching session between Christ and Peter in which Christ taught Peter again that Christ knew everything that Christ had all power, that Christ is the Son of God is exempt from tax, and that Christ was willing to submit to not unnecessarily offend. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your beauty, which we've seen this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.